Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Let's ride. Decided before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to The Incline. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are heating up. They've won six of their last seven games. They had a nice win over the Philadelphia Phillies, 3-1. to one. The bullpen was phenomenal. If you haven't already, make sure to follow Dodgers Tailgate. You can find them at DodgersTailgate.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search Dodgers Tailgate for your, all your great Dodgers content. We're joined today by an awesome guest. You probably know him out here in Los Angeles. He does a variety of stuff, but he's... First of all, he's a reporter for Nightcast Media. He's the host of his own podcast. You can find it everywhere. It's, everywhere. it's called The Camellos Corner. And of course, he's also another podcast host for the Showtime Forum podcast, a Lakers podcast. Chris Camello, how are you doing today? Hey, Kevin. That's quite an introduction, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Awesome to have you. We're excited to get your perspective today. We got a lot to talk about, so we're going to dive right in. Of course, your Los Angeles Dodgers, 40 and 26. They're a game behind the San Francisco Giants. No worries there. They're three up on the San Diego Padres. We're recording before the second game of this Philly series, and it's reopening day. So I hope a lot of you are out there heading to Dodger Stadium, full capacity. So that's very exciting. Julio Urias has taken them out for the Dodgers. And he's going to need to go the distance because this bullpen had a lot of work underneath their belt the last couple of days. I was actually at the game last night, got a glimpse of pretty much the entire bullpen. But let's start with Tony Gonsolin. Chris, what are your takeaways of Tony Gonsolin thus far this season? Uh, he's still not himself. Uh, I think that much is obvious. Two starts so far. Uh, the walks have really, uh, that's been an issue for him. And back-to-back games now, the first inning has been a problem for him. Uh, the good takeaways were he loaded the bases twice. Philly's got one run. That's going to get it done, minimizing the damage. So as you're getting yourself into the swing of the season, only two starts so far. Remember, this guy didn't pitch for months because he didn't really have a spring training. They shut him down because of the shoulder issues. Uh, He was shut down for two months. Then you put him into Oklahoma City, only had a handful of rehab starts. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're throwing you back into the water, basically sink or swim. So uh, granted, it's not against great teams, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, but these are still major league lineups. And if you're not bringing your best stuff, guess what? 
Teams are going to work the counts against you. They're going to force you to throw strikes and they're going to try to, you know, get some early offense. So what he's got to do is just continue to shake off the rust, be more efficient, especially early on. Remember last year, the first inning was always a problem for Julio Urias. Now it seems like that's kind of rubbed off on, on Gonsolin, but give him a few more starts. As long as he can give you five or six innings, that's all you're asking for. Five or six innings, two to three run ball. You could live with that. And also keep this in mind, bigger picture. You're not going to be relying on a guy like Tony Gonsolin, worst case scenario in October. You know it's going to be the Bueller, Bauer, Kershaw, Urias show. And Gonsolin will be in the bullpen in some capacity. So what you want him to do right now is to not uh, expend the bullpen too much. And that way he could just give you five or six innings of, of two-run ball, like I said, or three-run ball. Yeah, That's absolutely. You- I'm right there with you. David Rosenthal, how's it going? What's up? Going good, Kevin. Uh, happy to be joined by Chris today and, and Jake, obviously, here in a minute. Uh, nice but, you, David. Yeah. And uh, for on the Gonsolin front, this guy hasn't really pitched, not just in a couple months, but he didn't even pitch in the playoffs last year as a starter, obviously. I mean, you know, they put him out there for a one-inning outing, wasn't himself, tried it again, didn't work out. So this guy hasn't really been given the reins to a starting rotation spot in six, seven, eight nine months. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, pump the brakes on all the, on the, all the Gonsolin hate I see online, not really hate, but just more like impatience. I would say, uh, it it was a positive last night. He was, he was able to throw a season high in pitch count, uh, including a trip in his triple a rehab start. So I think, you know, we're going to see him start to build up slowly. I, I was encouraged. He did look a lot better than he did in his first start. Obviously the command with the splitter and the fastball wasn't really there. Uh, but it was significantly better than the first game. So I, we'll see what happens. And like Chris said, he's not going to be one of the first four starters in the postseason, and barring an injury. So be patient. It's better than the bullpen games. Yeah, I mean, the velocity is absolutely there. But my takeaways with Gonsolin thus far is his best pitch last season was his slider. He was holding the opposition to 156. This season, he has no command of it. Opponents are hitting 500 against the slider. The curveball was another great secondary pitch Gonsolin offered. Opposing hitters are hitting 333 against that. So it's really going to come down to Gonsolin having command of those secondary pitches to really get hitters off balance. Otherwise, they're going to sit on that fastball like we saw the pitcher Spencer Howard last night and rope it for a double. So that takes us to a question from City of Champions on Twitter. He does a great stuff. He does a lot of great stuff for LA Sports. What are your thoughts on the fifth starter for the Dodgers in the rotation? Do you think it's Tony Gonsolin? Do we see Josiah Gray get called up? Or do the Dodgers look to make a trade and acquire a fifth starter somewhere. Um, Yeah. So I I guess I'll, I guess I'll, I'll lead off on that. I think Tony Gonsolin should be given the opportunity right now to be that fifth starter only because the last couple of years, when this guy is healthy, when this guy is right, he's, he's fantastic. And I just think right now it's two starts. It's a small sample size. Uh, David, you brought up a good point. This guy has not started a meaningful game or at least given the opportunity to go long in a, in, in basically nine months. So you've got to shake off the rust. You've got to start trusting your stuff again. You got to retool some things and it takes a long time. And I think also too, what the one thing that no one's really talking about that I think it's kind of unfair to Gonsolin is how well Dustin may was pitching. It's like, okay, we expect you to do exactly what Dustin May was doing right before he went down. That's not fair to Tony Gonsolin. First of all, they're not the same pitcher. And second, this guy was shut down for a long time. So give him uh, a, an opportunity to get himself together. Uh, as far as an external option, um, yeah, uh, 
Josiah Gray is great. I don't know what his health status is right now, but one of there were a couple guys that I was actually intrigued with that I was surprised that were not on any teams before the season started. One of them was Tanner Rourke, who had just gotten cut by the Toronto Blue Jays. And we saw how successful Rourke can be in a analytically driven system in Oakland. Remember, like he got cut by Washington. He, he had a revolution in or, or revelation, I should say, in Oakland and started pitching well. Another name I was intrigued with, who's now pitching for Team USA, is Anibal Sanchez, a former World Series champion with the Washington Nationals two years ago. A guy who not only has experience as a starter, but is also used to coming out of the bullpen in some capacity. So if the Dodgers, if it gets to that point, I would definitely take a look at both of those guys and put them with Mark Pryor and Josh Bard and, and the brain trust of the Dodgers and see what they can do if it's necessary. Outside of that, I say Gonsolin, maybe Gray, or maybe even David Price. You start building him up again as a starter. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Jake. What's up? Hey. Hey, guys. Um, so I agree with Chris because um, I would give Tony Gonsolin a couple more tries to get things right. Uh, he's been, you know, injured this entire season, uh, just coming off that injury, but I wouldn't rest on those laurels. I would go out there and try and get some sort of, you know, whether it's Cole Hamels or Tanner Roark or Annabelle Sanchez and whoever looks the best right now. Um, because as we know, you know, we're not only building depth for that fifth starter spot, which is already a little shaky, but you're also building depth for any of the other starters that may go down with an injury. You know, Kershaw uh, has been injury prone the last few years. Uh, Walker Bueller, we know, can develop a blister at a moment's notice. So you're not just getting a fifth starter right now. You are building essentially more of a depth pool. The depth pool, the, the size of what you thought you had at the beginning of the season before everybody got injured. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think you got to give Gonsolin the reins for now. Uh, getting an insurance piece couldn't hurt. Uh, it may be difficult to convince a guy like Anibal Sanchez to take a minor league contract and, and just kind of wait it out because uh, there's not really a spot for him on this current team. The one thing I would be against is trying to stretch out Jimmy Nelson and putting him in the rotation because he has been, if not one of the best, the best relievers on the, on this, on this team. Uh, obviously Jansen, Trine and Gonzalez are all up there in, in, uh, value for this team, but he has been, Jimmy Nelson has been basically unhittable uh, for a majority of the season. So I, I don't want to see him stretched out. I don't want to see talk of him being the fifth starter. They got options and uh, I don't think they need to put Jimmy Nelson in there. He's too valuable at the back end of the bullpen. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think David Price is going to get stretched out at this point. We're already midway through June. Like it's just not realistic, mm. but let's move on. It's the end of an era for 25-year-old Dennis Santana about a month ago. I said he was horrible, and unfortunately, his time with the Dodgers has come to an end. He had a 10-12 ERA in AAA. Dave Roberts just, you know, politely said they had to move on. He had a 6.42 career ERA in Major League Baseball. So if you're wondering where Dennis Santana is, he's been designated for assignment. But let's get into the real, real sticky subject. And it came down today, MLB's guidance on banning foreign substances. If you're caught in a game, it's an automatic ejection, a 10-game suspension. A number of players have spoken out against it today. So I'm going to start with Jake on this one. Overall, Jake, what are your takeaways from Rob Manfred's mandate? 
I've had the opportunity to take a look at a bunch of different responses uh, from players, from commentators, what have you. And I have a few different feelings, thoughts and feelings about this. Trevor Bauer came out and basically said, why are you trying to do this in the middle of the season? And I tend to agree with him because this seems, this seems like MLB trying to save face. They're trying to do something um, that is perceived poorly in the public um, to try and right the ship. And this is just not how to do it. Um, the second thought I have is I don't think they should be banning every single substance there is because even though a lot of these pitchers have used these substances to increase their RPM and spin rate, it also helps them control the ball and hold on to the baseball. So you've got things like, you know, sunscreen and rosin, which if you've taken a listen to any of the hitters out there none of them have have been up again none of them have been against using sunscreen and rosin because the pitchers can then control the baseball um i think you've got to get together this should have been dealt with in the off season or wait till next year um get with the union get with the umpires union get with the owners and come up with a substance that they can control right a a, a league-wide substance that everybody can use use primarily to grip the baseball and not to gain an advantage and anybody who deviates from that will be suspended but to do this sort of haphazard way of you know singling guys out and and going after just bauer and cole and have them be the poster child of this stupid movement that they have going on it's just not a good look and it and it and it's not going to pan out the way that they that mlb wants it to what are your thoughts on this chris yeah and i i actually did a podcast recently with uh, nbc la writer uh, michael duarte and we talked about this and that bauer was one of the first to speak out against it go back three years ago when he was calling out the pitchers of the houston astros and saying look their spin rate like what's going on down there basically their spin rate is going up but baseball did nothing about it if you guys were and duarte um pointed this out on me he was just like bauer actually took a video of himself using an illegal substance a sticky substance throwing a perfect inning and then saying i will now demonstrate how to pitch without this substance and then you know his control was was average and he gave up a couple runs and i I mean i don't know what happened in the game but like baseball did nothing about it so bauer probably reached a point where why am i going to take a moral high ground that's what probably him and a number of these pitchers have done so my thing is this if you're going to seal up the loopholes, if you are going to level the playing field and put it in black and white, this is what's banned. And if we catch you guys using any of this stuff, you will be suspended. You will be fined, whatever. Then, okay, I get it. Just don't start singling certain guys out on, on certain things. I, I think you pointed that out, Jake. And I just think at this point, some of these substances are used to control the baseball. Will Middlebrooks put out a very interesting tweet. He's just like, some of these substances are, are going to lead to a higher hit by pitches, you know? So how do you, how, how does a pitcher now control a hundred mile per hour fastball from not beating a guy in the wrist or in the back or in the head or whatever? So there's a lot of different ways of thinking about this. However, it was also brought to my attention that the bands uh, or excuse me, the, um, the hit by pitches are actually up this year, even with the banned substances still being used. So there's a lot of different caveats to this that I I don't think I even considered. In a nutshell, though, if you're going to ban it, ban it for everybody. Don't single anybody out and just make sure 
you are punishing these people who are violating these things and and actually go go through some training courses with the umpires of what they need to look for if they're going to enforce this yeah so has anyone in the history of earth ever uttered the words you know what rob manfred has done a really good job here for you not even not not even his wife not no even players, his wife, David. definitely wow. not his wife, uh, probably not his kids. And I don't think any, he, he just continues to blow it. And look, if he had done this before the season, bravo, wonderful job, level playing field. But to make pitchers and hitters for that matter, adjust in the middle of a season is preposterous. And frankly, it's, it's just displays his level of incompetence that continues to surprise me. Somehow, I don't know how I keep getting surprised that he's just this incompetent, but I do. I fall for it every time. Uh, They're going to have to hash this out at some point uh, for the 2022 uh, CBA. It's just adding another wrench into this future mess that they're going to have to sort out. But, you know, they're banning sun. You can't even wear sunscreen. They're discouraging pitchers from wearing sunscreen. Uh, So if, if you're found with sunscreen on the baseball you're subject to a 10 game suspension. So now, so, so what pitcher's going to get skin cancer now? Ba- that's basically what they're encouraging. They're saying, well, if it's, if the game starts after 4 PM, probably don't use sunscreen. So <laughs> it's like, they just got nothing. I mean, yeah. that's when the sun, that's when the sun clocks out. It doesn't, Oh no, at 4 PM, the sun just, it stops. The, there's yes. no more UV rays, but like, like I think Jake said, I don't know if he just said it now or in our, on our, text thread they need to have a, 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 a approved substance that yeah. is league-wide uh i'm not saying it's you know the spider tack because i think that is a level too far but something you know a mixture of rosin uh, whatever else they use that's that's allowed and not too far gone and they need to put that behind the mound here you guys go level playing field carry on i, I think that's the inevitable solution after this season but right now it's just rob manfred has just created a whole nother mess for himself yeah, well, here's my takeaways. God, he's the, such an asshole. The, the timing of this could not be placed at a worse time. We see injuries have already skyrocketed to an all-time high. I think hamstrings, for one, is like 190% higher. We just saw Tyler Glass now get placed on the IL with what is now a torn UCL. Oh, and he geez. spoke out to the media today. He essentially is blaming Rob Manfred's mandate that the lack of the fact that he cannot use a combo of sunscreen and rosin is what led to him overstraining his elbow and the tear. Now, there are a couple issues with this. One is they did warn all players before the season began mm-hmm. that they did want to stop this and that they were eventually going to you know, research balls. They didn't mention anything about suspensions. But if you actually read the rule books, it is in the rules that if you are caught with an illegal substance, it is a 10-game suspension. And we saw that happen happen to Michael Pineda when he was on the Yankees back in 2014. So the rules are there. But yeah, I mean, when 80% of the league is cheating, this is almost essentially the steroid era. And it's like... It's not, though. It's really not. It is, because... There's a difference between using, you know, rosin and sunscreen, which they've been doing forever, and using spider tack, which has basically came around in 2010. And but here's the, but the, they're the not thing the is, same. They're yeah, not the I, same. 
I agree. I agree. They're not the same. And pitchers are not using it for control. Some of them absolutely are, but there are others that are obviously using it to pick up their spin rate. And I think Trevor Bauer is honestly one of them. I think he's, he's not tried to hide that. Another aspect too, Jake, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, You too, Dave. Sorry about that. I just wanted to throw this out there. The timing to me is curious because also too, what was the league wide batting average? I think it was like 237. It's it's like an all time low. The all-time low, the worst in the history of baseball. So at that point, they're like, hmm, the balls are deadened, so now we've got to fix that yeah. issue. But now this is also become like last year there was too much, too many home runs. This year there's not enough home runs. There's not enough offense. Not even guys getting on base. So you combine the ball, the quality of the ball, whether it's deadened or not, with the fact that these pitchers are using banned substances – Rob Manfred had to do something, right? Because this is also still a business. You're relying on TV ratings, radio ratings, all of these things, streaming. You're doing, finding all these different ways to try to get the, to try to grow the audience, diversify the audience. And I, I just think you're in a lose-lose situation. So I know nobody here likes Rob Manfred, including myself. I don't think the guy is a good in, uh, enforcer of rules. I don't think he's a good creator of rules. I think he, he's made a mess on a lot of different levels. However, I still applaud the effort because you've got to show that you're doing something, right? Right. right. You either do but, something or you do nothing. But here's the thing. It's a, it's a lose-lose for Rob Manfred because he put himself exactly. in that position because exactly. he's changed the yeah. baseball every single year. And that's, that's a huge point, right? Is that these pitchers are not used to this baseball. So they've got to adjust and figure out a substance that they can easily grip it and throw it. And yes, to Kevin's point, there are guys out there that have gone further than that to try and increase their spin rate, which is not good. But if you're deadening the baseball and you've got guys adjusting on the mound by using these foreign substances, of course the offense is going to go down. Plus you've got the whole shift thing going on as well so that these balls are not good. They're not, they're not flying out of the ballpark. They're dying at the warning track. You wouldn't even be having this conversation if they had kept the ball from last year or had one ball that they've used for, you know, the last 10 years, you wouldn't be even, you know, because then, then it isn't an even playing field because if the ball is traveling out of the ballpark and you're creating runs and the pitchers are adjusting by using these substances to increase their spin rate, then both sides are, are basically going up. But if you're affecting the ball every year, of course, you're going to have offense die. That's just inevitable. If Rob Manfred didn't change the baseball before this year, we aren't having this conversation. That's right exactly now. what I'm saying. We are not having this conversation right now. There is no enforcement of any sticky stuff on the mound whatsoever. He's create he's cleaning up his own mess that he made unnecessarily because he's an incompetent bum. That's why. I think Justin Turner said it best. Pick one ball and just stick with it already. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I said that months ago, but it's okay, Justin. A lot, yes, and Justin Turner also said, <laughs> "How how dare he not credit you, David? <laughs> what an uh, asshole!" Uh, uh, Justin Turner said, "Just make it a level playing field for everyone." Yeah. I've seen and, some haters say they're all about the substances. Turner did not go that route. He just said level playing field, and that's where I'm at. I want to see baseball have an equal level playing field. Right. Right. I mean, you've got, you've got, a di- it's, it's interesting to see all the different hitters that have come out and said different things, right? You've got, you've got Pete Alonzo who's basically saying like, I don't give a crap what you put on the ball, put anything you want on there, you know, on, and I'll try and hit it. And then you got Josh Donaldson saying like, look, I've got receipts longer than CVS receipts and I can, you know, push it out, push out all these videos. And there's all this data that I've got that he's going to release at some point because he's pissed off at Garrett Cole. So it's interesting to see the, the, the responses from different, 
hitters. But what you can't have is these, you know, fringe relievers or these these guys coming up through the minor leagues who are basically saying, if if we don't use this stuff, we're going to get cut. And that's pretty, well, you know, I have the that's perfect pretty example. Clear. Dylan Bundy, the guy was busted on the list for using banned substances. He went from a three ERA to what over six now. Yeah. Yeah. You look at yeah. Corbin Burns, his spin rate was off the charts to start the season. The yeah. mandate Dylan Bundy looking like an Anaheim angel <laughs> and Bowers last couple of starts have been less yes. than impressive. So yeah. that's definitely one guy to keep an eye on out of anyone in the Dodger rotation. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, he, he hasn't been shy about it. He, he yeah. has been completely open about it. He, he 100% has enhanced his spin rate that way. Uh, and you know, Garrett Cole's the same way. Bieber's the same way as Kevin said, Burns, Freddie Peralta is another one. Uh, I mean, basically, I was reading an article from uh, Eno Saris, I think it was, and he basically said there's about 13 guys who are basically driving the the, the massive decline in spin rate over the past two weeks, all those guys I just mentioned. Uh, But for the rest of them, you know, you can't really look at a, you know, 100 rotations per minute change as a significant change. That can be attributed to a number of factors. What about 200? I mean, yeah, once it's, once it's 200, then you get into the, the territory of, okay, maybe something's here. Uh, but there's just because you, you, you know, you see these little kids on Twitter going on baseball savant saying like, Oh, his uh, spin rates down 90 rotations. It's like, no, there's a lot of factors that can contribute to that. Uh, but like I, like Kevin just said, once you get into the 200 range, then it's like, okay, maybe something's up here. Yeah, I know some people want to attribute Bowers like 126 pitch performance against the Giants leading to his demise. But when you look at the spin rate in his last two starts where he gave up four runs against the Rangers and three runs against the Braves and the lack of spin rate, I'm starting to think it might be the not using the substance part. It's a combination. I think it's I both. Think. But I also think he's smart enough to hmm. figure out how to adjust. So yeah. I think he's, he may not be his you know 2020 Cy Young self, but I think he's going to adjust right the ship and get back on track. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about on this subject before we move on? I think we got it. Cool. So, <laughs> yeah, so, I think you just even talking about so it. So gorilla golf and Billy Brown on Twitter. That one goes out to you. So Dodger memes on Twitter wants to know which current player on the USA baseball team Olympic roster would be a good fit for the Dodgers. This is our time, Jake. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I love Todd, Todd Frazier. Like, I mean, we don't necessarily need Todd Frazier, but that's going to be my answer because I'm a big Todd Frazier guy. Yeah, Todd Frazier, for sure. What about you, Chris? I, I got to agree. I've always been a big Todd Frazier fan. And I mean, he's <laughs> one of those guys where it's like, you know, one for, one for four with a home run. Like you, you could pencil that in as clear as day. Oh, Matt Kemp. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt Here Kemp. Here we go. So I did my research, Washington Post, interviewed Todd Frazier. He's having the time of his life right now, (laughs) but I don't want him anywhere near the Dodgers. If you've been designated for assignment twice by the Pirates on a team that can't even round the bases properly when hitting a home run, stay off my team. I'm going Matt. I'm going Matt Kemp. If it has to be the three-peat with him, so be it. He's a 313 lifetime hitter against lefties, and considering we're batting 225 as a team against left-handed pitchers, could always use that right hand and bat and Matt Kemp always has some pop. Let me, Not happening. Let, let me ask you something. So with, with team USA, I know they had that. I, I can't, why I can't remember his name right now, but the guy that hit a walk-off homer for the Phillies 
Um, his family was in town. He was playing for Team USA, and then he and then he joined the Phillies and, and hit a I walk think, off. Yeah, I forget his name too. Yeah, Luke Jackson. Yeah, maybe vaguely but, right. But yeah, so yeah. my question is, is like Williams. if Luke Williams. Williams, I think, yeah. Yes, my question is if if they depart from Team USA and join a major league team, do they then go back to Team USA for the Olympics, or they stay with the major league team? Yeah, I'm wondering how that their contract situation is. Do they sign a minor league deal or a non-guaranteed deal or something like that? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not. Oh, I actually got an interesting take on this. I would consider adding, now stay with me, Mike Sosha to be a bench coach alongside Dave Roberts. <laughs> I, I wanted, before we hired no. Dave Roberts, I wanted Mike Sosha to be the manager. At the before Dodgers. we hired Davey Johnson. But, <laughs> but before he even went to the Angels, we should have hired Mike Sosha. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I, I mean, putting him on there as like a veteran presence, almost similar to hiring somebody like Lionel Hollins on Frank Vogel's staff, you know, a little Laker reference there for you. Experience, World Series champion, a lot of knowledge, obviously got a relationship with pool holes. Couldn't hurt, right? Well, we got Bob Guerin, who does a fantastic job. Probably should be a manager on 15 other teams. Yeah. And I then we got Austin that. Barnes, who is surprisingly a bench coach, apparently, too, pointing out. Well, pointing out the Hayes situation when he didn't touch first base. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ke- Kevin hates Mike Sosha. So it, it, it goes without saying that he wouldn't want him anywhere near this team along with Todd Frazier. Mike Sosha had Mike Trout on his team. How many playoff games did they win? I yeah. mean, it's, can Mike Trout pitch? Can Mike Sosha pitch either? No, <laughs> they had Frankie. A lot of, lot of bad contracts. Greinke was a rental. They <laughs> traded a lot of their good prospects. I mean, Sosha did the best he could. And in fact, every year they got away from this Sosha style of play that made those teams between 02 and 09 really, really special. The speed, the contact hitting, the hit and run. They got rid of all those guys and got washed up peak, peak power guys. That was it. Yep. Yeah, Artie Marino is an idiot. Oh, <laughs> could say that again. Jerry we can Jones- all agree on that. Yeah. Can I can I finish pod wants us to answer how many MLB stadiums have we visited? Could take a while, but I know Jake's probably been to the most. If you had to say a rough rough estimate. Yeah, I well, I've been to a major league game in every single city that has a major league team. And I say that because there are a lot of cities that got new ballparks that I have to go to. So I I have I, I did go to the old Marlins park. But now I, I, ha- I have to go back to Miami. I have to go back to Minnesota, Atlanta, um, a bunch of these places that got new ballparks. Uh, but I, but I have been like I went to Turner Field. Um, I, like I said, went to the Marlins Park. I was I had been to the Metrodome. So what's, like I've been to all these ballparks. What's your favorite outside of Dodger Stadium? My favorite ballpark outside of Dodger Stadium is PNC, hands yeah. down in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It is the most beautiful, picturesque place. The ballpark is really beautiful, but then you've got you know the Clemente Bridge in the background, the water uh, behind it. I just think that of those newer ballparks that kind of were made to look older, architecturally speaking, um, it's the best one. Yeah, I've been to about 20 or 21 myself, uh, and PNC is, is my favorite nice. as well. Uh, wow. I've been to, including minor league parks, I've been to five altogether. I've been to Dodger Stadium, Angel Stadium, Petco Park, 
Um, and I went to Camelback Ranch in Tempe Diablo Stadium as yeah. well. Actually, I'll tell you what my favorite, I mean, nothing beats Chavez Ravine, just a lot of experience and history and everything like that. I just, you know, I, I just love that place. Angel Stadium is very fan friendly. I got to say that to get in and out of is great. Yeah. But Petco Park was definitely, that That's, was fun, man. That was awesome. The Gaslamp District down there. We were in walking distance. I went with my girl a couple of years ago. We had a great time. So I actually like Petco Park. That's mine as well. I think Petco Park has it all. The The food is fantastic, which is like a big plus considering how bad it is at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> it's all right at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> I've been about seven, I want to say. Uh, I got to go to the new Yankee Stadium. That was cool. Been to all the SoCal parks, but and Arizona. I don't really like Chase Field, though. But yeah, yeah. nothing great. <laughs> Moving on. So just to keep up with the all-star voting, Max Muncy's in the lead for first base. Gavin Lux is in third place for second base. Corey Seager's in third, too, for shortstop. Chris Taylor needs your votes. I think he's in sixth for outfield. Uh, just quick takeaways, all-star. How do you think? How do you guys think this is shaping up? I have a question. Um, do we think that the fact that Chris Taylor plays so many positions is hurting his all-star candidacy? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. He should be I at mean, second that's base. That's the big that, – I mean, that's what I was thinking about when, with him where – well, first of all, outside of, of Dodgers world, um, not a lot of people know Chris Taylor, and I think that's due in large part to the fact that, you know, MLB just kind of zeroes in on one player and they kind of just promote the crap out of that person. Who was that again? I forget. And they don't uh, even do that well. Yeah. Um, the, the greatest player of all time, Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How can I, um, <laughs> so I think that that's hurting his candidacy, but if you really look, if you really break it down and look at the numbers, Chris Taylor has been an all-star since, since the first day of the season. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question. I think Chris Taylor definitely has earned his right to go to uh, Colorado. I definitely think uh, Muncie has as well. Uh, yeah, it would be great. Obviously, Seager, uh, Betts, a lot of these other stars that we thought should have been shoo-ins, you know, kind of like the uh, the Cubs that sent like five guys there that one year. Uh, it, it's not going to happen. But Chris Taylor has been a stabilizing force. And I know after that 2017 breakout year, he had a couple of down years offensively. But you could always rely on this guy's defense, his, his ability to play different parts of the outfield, different parts of the infield. And that should not be overlooked. You should not be punished for being a utility guy. And now this year, he's starting to hit the ball really well. His confidence is up. Who knows, with all the injuries, who knows where the Dodgers would be without Chris Taylor. So he deserves it, and I hope Max Muncy gets voted in as well. You know, for the American League, they have the DH. You can vote for the DH. They should make a position for the National League and have a utility player. Agreed. INF. INF. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, that's, that's a good point. Chris Taylor player. is, he's going to make the all-star team. He won't be a starter, but he's going to be a reserve. Nice. Uh, yes, absolutely. Kelly Jansen continues to make his case being one of the top closers of major league baseball and, and don't sleep on Walker Buehler. I know Clayton Kershaw is popular. Trevor Bauer is a big name, but Walker Buehler has been the driving force, the most consistent man in that rotation all season long. So I expect to see Buehler actually in Colorado. I just, yeah. yeah I, and I also, I also feel bad for, for Muncie who's injured right now. Like I, I would really love to see him play, but it's, I don't know. Is it, is it looking like he can? You uh, never know with oblique injuries, man. I Hopefully was told, it's, a, it's a mild strain, but go ahead. 
Oh, no, Dave, you, you were actually, you hit the nail on the head. I was going to say, I, according to Duarte, who I spoke to, it's a grade one strain. So it, those you typically take about 10 to 14 days. So hopefully they can kind of kill two birds with one stone, not only get that oblique right, but get that foot or ankle, whatever it yeah. was. And uh, hopefully he comes back and won't have a re-aggravation of either one. But it's looking like he'll be back, if not right after the 10 days, then shortly after that. Yeah, it's it's it was encouraging. I mean, he he said he did it on the pitch before he hit a home run. So that makes me think that it's not as serious as McKinstry's was or the the famous Alex Verdugo one in 2019 which makes made him miss the playoffs and basically the the, the whole half the whole second half of the year. And Corey Seager will be back very soon. Cannot wait for that. Definitely need his bat in the lineup. Is there any other topics you guys wanted to cover real quick before we head out? I don't know. I mean, just on the Seager front, just, I don't know if it's just me, but every day that goes by, I, I feel like the likelihood of him signing in LA is getting less and less and less. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's, it's not just that Lux is, is, you know, playing well uh, and Chris Taylor's playing well, but I, I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you guys feel about that? I think it comes down to who, what, streaky injury prone star do you want to hit your wagon to is it Cody Bellinger is it Corey Seager and I just it, it's a tough call because um what you're saying is is that you're gonna throw a max contract essentially at one of these guys and you're gonna keep them for you know long term a la Mookie Betts and it, it's hard to rely on either one of them to stay healthy I mean it's just and, and, and unfortunately for Corey Seager I mean you know he he was pretty healthy all 2020 and then you know you know had a freak, not freak accent yeah exactly he got hit in the hand a lot so. of them aren't but they still kind of happen to him yeah they still yeah. kind of happen to him as opposed to bellinger it's been pretty yeah. rough for him yeah i mean bellinger got spiked running on the first baseline so that's what you know and he is already recovering from shoulder surgery which was also a freak accident um you know it was done with a celebration with kike hernandez so i think that I agree with David. Uh, Corey Seager's case for staying in LA is is not great right now. However, if he does come back and puts up MVP numbers and you know starts to carry the offense a little bit, I think that narrative will change. Yeah, and and another thing that upset me before this injury was the fact that this guy is not a very good defensive shortstop. And I know yeah. people say, well, hey, Tatis is not that good, and some of these other guys are whatever. Yeah, but also too, if you're going to be sinking two or two hundred and fifty million into a player, you kind of want to know they could play both ways. And I think eventually maybe the Dodgers plan is, hey, if we resign this guy to a long-term deal, he not only helps us in the short term at shortstop, he also helps us in the long term at maybe third base, you know, assuming Justin Turner is eventually going to retire. And then we could find somebody else to play the shortstop position. However, should he leave for the East Coast to be closer to his home state? I think he's from North Carolina. Uh, and maybe go to the Yankees or go to the Nationals or wherever else uh, over there. I'm not really sure who's got flexibility to offer him that kind of contract. I would give a long, hard look to Trevor Story. I'm a oh, big yeah. fan of Trevor Story. Right-handed bat. He could steal bases. He's pretty good defensively. Could hit for power. You put him in the middle of that line, that would be good. Uh, Javier Baez will also be a free agent. I'm not sure what direction the Cubs are going to go on him, but those are two guys that are legitimate backup plans, but I like story a heck of a lot. It's a good option. I don't see it happening though, to be realistic, but you never know. But Chris Cabell, thank you so much for joining the incline today. I hope you had a great time. 
make oh, sure to follow him on Twitter. We'll post his handle in the description below. Any final thoughts real quick? No, th thanks for having me on guys. I appreciate it. You know, I, uh, the one thing I got to say, the Dodgers are 40 and 26 second best record in the national league. And look at all the adversity they've had to go through losing two guys for the season, bunch of their stars in and out of the lineup. And yet here they are 40 and 26, you, not too shabby. I'd say so it can only go up from here. Right. I hope so. Yeah. I second all of that. Yeah. I'm absolutely right there with Chris. And of course, we have some breaking news as we're recording. Cody Bellinger has been officially placed on the IL with that hamstring strain. Hopefully, he's not out too long. But this is definitely another big blow to the Dodgers, given that Corey Seager's on the IL, Max Muncy's on the IL, and now Cody Bellinger will rejoin them after starting to look like he was figuring it out at the plate. Mitch White has been recalled, so they're going to add him to the bullpen. Hopefully, he can give us some innings and leverage because... As I said earlier, the bullpen has just been working a lot this season. But don't look now. The San Diego Padres are not having a good month of June. They are starting to stumble. They have a league-worst batting average of 195 and a league-worst 586 OPS in the month of June. This team is literally being carried by just Fernando Tatis Jr. Because without him and his 20 home runs, I don't know where they would be right now. If there's one pitcher that's been owning this Padres team all season long, it's Austin Gomber of the Colorado Rockies randomly. He's 3-0 with an 0-47 ERA against the San Diego squad who have fallen to 38-30. and So Austin Gomber helping the Dodgers out. Thank goodness. Coming up at the end of the week, the Dodgers are going to face the Arizona Diamondbacks who have just been horrendous this season. They're in last place. They're 21 and a half games behind the San Francisco Giants. They're 20 and 47 on the season. They've lost 20 straight road games. They've lost 34 of their last 39 and they're dead in the water. I don't know what else to say. The Dodgers have to take care of business against that team. And then to round out the month of June, they face the Padres and the San Francisco Giants. Make sure to subscribe to the Incline Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts to help us out. And follow us on Twitter at the Incline Pod or find us on Instagram or Facebook, the Incline Dodgers. We're everywhere, guys. Thank you so much. Hope you all have a great week ahead. The Dodgers, reopening Dodger Stadium. How exciting is that? Vince Scully is in the house. Let's go, Dodgers. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.